the State of Florida Sports Podcast, presented by the USA Today Network. Here's your host, Tim Walters. NASCAR's playoff chase is almost here. But before all the participants are finalized, there's one more regular season race to go, and it takes place at the greatest racing venue there is, Daytona International Speedway. But who's on the fringe of making the playoffs, and who has the inside track to win at the Cradle of Racing? To break down the race and the impending 10-race playoff series, I welcome back two of my favorite guests, and I'm not just saying that, Ryan Pritt and Ken Willis of the Daytona Beach News Journal. They are the foremost experts on NASCAR, and they'll be here in just a moment to give us their unique brand of racing knowledge. Hello again, everybody. I'm Tim Walters, and thank you once again for joining me on the State of Florida Sports Podcast, powered by the USA Today Network. This podcast utilizes our Florida Sports Network of beat writers, columnists, and some special guests to bring you up to speed on the most important sports topics. Our Florida Network consists of 17 news sites that encompass the state. We encourage you to subscribe to your hometown newspaper, and of course, this podcast helps support the incredible journalism done by our talented staffs. As I often tell you, Ken Willis has been covering NASCAR since early in the Reagan administration, while Ryan Pritt has been the Daytona Beach sports editor and NASCAR writer for about the past year. Let's bring them in now and get down to business. Ken, Ryan, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Hey, always good to be here, Tim. Thanks for having us. All right, guys, I always love having you on. We always have a lot of fun, and there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, We'll have our regular bout of NASCAR trivia coming up later in the podcast, and last time, Ken, he rose like the phoenix to overtake Ryan late, but Ryan won the first time. So, guys, this is the 2023 rubber match, so I know you're looking forward to this, aren't you? (laughs) Absolutely. I am. I'm just at a a slight home field disadvantage here, but uh, hey, that's never stopped me before. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, I'm the epitome of the saying, I've forgotten more than you'll ever know. I have literally <laughs> forgotten more. <laughs> All righty. So let's start, though, with, with the Coke Zero Sugar 400. And Austin Dillon won the race last year. Ricky Stenhouse won the Daytona 500 here in February. So, Ken, as we head to this regular season finale ender, who do you like on the track in Daytona this weekend? I keep coming back uh, to tie. Ty Gibbs, who has yet to win a cup race, and Bubba Wallace is not pulling for Ty Gibbs. We'll explain that later. But I just, you know, I just have this feeling he's going to win eventually. And you keep looking at places where he should win, and then maybe it's just going to happen at one of these crap shoots, you know, which we have at Daytona and Talladega, where any, anybody obviously can win. You mentioned Austin Dillon, and you mentioned Ricky Stenhouse, last two winners at Daytona. Now, if you go back. To the one previous to that, it was Michael McDowell. So, you know, literally it's anybody's ballgame. Yeah, and McDowell, of course, picked up a win just a few weeks ago. Hadn't heard that name a ton this year, but back in the winner's circle. Ryan, who, who's been the hottest driver recently? And do you agree with Ken's assessment of the potential winner for the Coke Zero Sugar 400? Or do you like someone else? Well, you know, you mentioned McDowell, and until he blew a motor yesterday, it was probably him because he goes out at Indy, dominates the race takes the lead in the first three laps yesterday and wins stage one and seems to be on his way again. And then kind of got behind it with some pit road stuff and then eventually blew a motor and and was out of the race. But that's, what's been cool about this year. You've had these stretches where different guys have been real hot. Uh, Truex had a stretch. Chris Buescher won two in a row at one point. Uh, Didn't know that we'd ever say that this year, but here we are. And um, 
But I, I, you know, since we did our first podcast and actually since before the season started, I've been high on William Byron and he came through yesterday, won his fifth race of the year. That's, that's the most of anyone by two. And uh, if you look at his career, he's, he's always kind of struggled a little in the summer and then turns it on back on right about now. In fact, his first career win ever came in this very Daytona race a few years back. So, you know, all told, the, the, the first 26 races combined, I think Byron's been the best consistently, and I'll, I'll go with him. And um, as far as as far as Saturday's winner, it, it's funny. Ken has picked Ty Gibbs about 24 times this year out of 26 races, and I've probably picked Brad Keselowski that many times, and I'm going to go with him again on Saturday. I, I just think he's been so good and so strong at this racetrack, and he is so far overdue for a first owner-driver win. I think it comes Saturday. Alrighty. Well, the good news is for the guys is this does come under the lights. Unfortunately, it looks like Saturday might be one of the sunniest, hottest days that you're going to see there in Daytona in over the course of the next 10 days. So uh, when you say hot driver, I think that that has a double meaning for this race. But, you know, you mentioned Martin Truex, who's right there in the top two for the leaders. He's got the most points. He's tied for the second most wins with three. He's 43 years old. Ken, what's been his recipe for success? in having what's probably his best year ever. Well, number one is being on a very good race team. Uh, and uh, number two is not underachieving. Um, he's good. And these guys can, you know, it, it's funny. We're talking about 43 years old being, you know, a gray beard now where it was just a previous generation where if you retired before you were 50, you were considered a, you know, a, a guy, who a quitter for God's sake. Nobody retired before 50. And now, you know, recently guys have been retiring at a younger age. Of course, they've made, they've made a ton more money than they did in previous generations. But, uh, yeah, he, he's just he's good. And there's nothing surprising at all that he's able to do it at 43 because that used to God, guys used to be rounding into their prime when they were in their early 40s. So he's just got a good team and he's a good racer. So that's I hate to be boring, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, well, that's a few uh, three years younger than me and just slightly older than Ryan. But I don't think Truex is ready to go out and buy the 20 foot long Cadillac with the big fenders yet. But yeah, he, he's been doing amazing this year. So, Ryan, there, there's a bunch of drivers down there below the 16 mark. And, and there's a lot of vying for the last playoff spot. So, uh, you know, talk about that that bottom end there. Who gets in? Who doesn't? Who do you like there? Yeah, so kind of what Ken alluded to earlier about Bubba Wallace. I mean, he the top 15 are now locked in either by win or by points um, with just one race left in the regular season. And there's Bubba sitting in the 16th spot. The good news for him is he has a 32-point lead on 17th place Ty Gibbs, which is pretty comfortable. Anything can happen at Daytona, obviously, but it would take a lot for, for Gibbs to, to point his way in. The bad news is that anyone between the 17th and 30th spot in points wins, and they knock Bubba out. So you've got Ty Gibbs down there that, that Ken mentioned is always dangerous. Some guy named Chase Elliott. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not, but he's he's in that crowd. Um, and there's some really good superstars down there. Notably, Austin Dillon, who won this very race last year to knock the aforementioned Martin Truex Jr. out of the playoffs. Um, Eric Almarola's in that group. He's been in position to win the Daytona 500 at one point. Um, a lot of dangerous guys down here that that, that can win this race. And that's kind of what makes this particular event 
even more fun than just a you know another super speedway race is the stakes that ride on it so you're going to see a lot of desperation a lot of aggressive driving in this race this race always tends to be a little more chaotic than the 500 is and i don't think that changes on saturday at all no no and this track is certainly always ripe for big wrecks when those guys are side by side by side going through some of those you know high banking curves so We'll, we'll watch to see what happens there. But, you know, th- this isn't quite like the Daytona lead up to the Daytona 500 where you have a ton of stuff going on in the couple of weeks beforehand. But it's still a huge event here in Daytona. So, Ken, why don't you give us a little bit of an idea on what's going on there in town leading up to Saturday night's big race? Well, you're right. It's nothing like the the buildup in February where kind of uh, the racing well, it, which even today is nothing like it used to be, but at least uh, in February now, nowadays we have a on track action starts on Wednesday and it just sort of builds to that Sunday crescendo. We don't really have that. Uh, we never had that really in July with the old firecracker 400. It was more of a, just another race on the schedule and they treat it that way. They come in for the weekend, unload the haulers, qualify race, load the haulers up and leave again. Uh, there's really, you know, Friday is the Xfinity series race and Saturday night is the cup race, uh, both qualifying for both races is Friday afternoon. Uh, so Xfinity comes in for a one day show. Basically they qualify and race on Friday and cup cars qualify on Friday and race on Saturday, uh, heading into that, there's not like around town, there's really nothing nothing like it is in February. Uh, there is one interesting little uh, item Thursday morning over there off uh, near the river, near the Halifax River in Daytona, just north of the Seabreeze Bridge. They're officially dedicating this uh, monument to uh, to Smokey Eunuch right next to where his garage used to stand before it burned down. Smokey's been gone since 01, and he never shows up on NASCAR uh, nomination list for the Hall of Fame or Pioneer Award or anything like that because he sort of had a he had a sort of a loathe hate relationship with the NASCAR higher ups when he was around, and uh, but he was a very very well known mechanic engineer, built race cars, owned race cars, won a ton of races and championships with them. But uh, they they put up a like a uh, some sort of headstone type thing, for lack of a better word next to where his garage is. So that's going to be a fun little event on Thursday morning. When are they going to put your statue up around town, Ken? <laughs> there's not, they don't have enough, uh, there's not enough bronze in the mines of Bolivia, I think, to make a statue of me. <laughs> I'm doing some research now to see if Bolivia has bronze. I don't know. I just pulled that one out of my hat. Well, the, the, I could tell you, Tim, there is development on that idea. He won't, that statue won't be in front of the racetrack, though. It will be beside the, the bar inside, right next to the Budweiser sign. So there'll be that. Or right outside the local pickleball courts. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I can go elsewhere for this abuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was just reading this story about how there's some sort of like, diamond eruption taking place you could google this but apparently diamonds come up from the center of the earth and erupt out like 80 feet into the air or something like that so we need to find out where that is but maybe there's one big enough to carve a ken willis statue out of diamond well maybe we need to do a remake of beverly hillbillies and instead of oil you know he strikes a diamond mine (laughs) yeah i'd I'd love to have a nice cement pond that's for sure absolutely all right ryan so uh There aren't many drivers, especially in recent times, who have won this race multiple times. It seems like, you know, the drivers of 
long day is gone, won this race quite a bit, uh, you know, four and five times. But, you know, the most recent to win this race a second time was Dale Earnhardt Jr., who who won his second, uh, you know, I think it was the Pepsi at the time in 2015. Maybe it was still Coke Zero. But, uh, you know, what makes this race so challenging that you don't get a lot of repeat winners here over the past 20 or 30 years? Yeah, I mean, these, these super speedway races where you're kind of dependent on someone else to push you to a win, you're kind of dependent on a little bit of luck to make sure you get through the wrecks and just the chaos that these brings that these races bring just just kind of makes it you know really tough and then you know especially in the last handful of years here you add the the part we talked about earlier where you got 14 15 guys that are trying to get into the playoffs and keep their seasons alive that only adds to that so yeah combination of all of that these super speedway races are always you know a, a certain percentage of luck different drivers will tell you different numbers but there's certainly some of that to it and um yeah i mean plenty of guys here are good at these races plenty of them find themselves up front but it's awfully hard to be still be there once the checkered flag waves yeah now ken you you've covered this race for a long time in fact if i'm right was it 1982 or three or somewhere in that neighborhood i think uh, yes, but for the record, ah, oh, for the record, I was almost still a teenager when I first covered the race. But yes, <laughs> well, I, that's cool because I, I was almost born, but it was still another couple years down the road. So <laughs> I feel for you. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it, it used to be held, as you mentioned, on or around the Fourth of July. In fact, it was held on the Fourth of July until uh, I think it was the late '80s or early '90s, and you know, they'd hold it in the morning until I think 1998 when they actually held it at night. But that race was delayed because of wildfires, so it didn't even get raced until October. A young Tim Walters, who was in college at the time, I actually had tickets for that July race, and then I wasn't able to see it in October um, because of class schedule and some other things. So I was really sad about that. But anyhow, did you like it better being around Independence Day or do you, you know, do you like it being a regular season ender? Or do you think Daytona deserves to have a playoff race? Because, yes, the 500 kicks off the season, and it's called the Super Bowl of Racing. But there's not really, you know, a playoff or a super meaningful end-of-the-year race at Daytona. So so what are your thoughts about that? I think this is – you just hit on it. I think this might be the, uh, this might be the Sugar Bowl of uh, NASCAR racing. It's like a playoff elimination game, I guess. I, I think they – for years, there was always people saying they should move the Firecracker 400 to the final race of the season. That way, they begin and end the season here. But, but given, and they didn't do that for a lot of for several really good reasons. But uh, I think once they decided to move it, I think making it the final race of the regular season. It, uh, you know, as much as I have always not liked restrictor plate racing and how it's just basically contrived competition. Um, I've come around on that a little bit and realized that, you know, you got to give the fans what they want. I've, I see the TV ratings for these races compared to, compared to regular, you know, non-plate races. I mean, they're more of a white knuckle race, you know, so more people watch and I've come around on it and I think it's where it sits right now is perfect. Now ask me after it, either we, if we have a thunderstorm, I might think, I always think differently. I always say, I wish we could go back to when we ran this damn thing at, in the morning on the 4th of July, come hell or high water, you know? And uh, so I go back and forth, but I think that if they were going to move it, I think this is the right spot on the schedule for it. 
I just wish they could, uh, you know, put a retractable dome over the place. That would be a heck of a dome considering the, uh, the graphic that we ran last year that showed pretty much every stadium, basketball, football in the state of Florida could fit inside the speedway. So be a heck of a dome there, Ken. Hey, listen, as my mom always said, can't never could do nothing. So let's, uh, let's get it done. <laughs> tell, you, tell you what else, you better have a hell of a set of earplugs. And a little bit of carbon monoxide detector. Yeah, right maybe up. some <laughs> oxygen ventilation too. Yeah, might be. Uh... I haven't fully worked out the plan yet. All right, give me some time. All right. Well, we'll keep working on that, and uh, I also need a cost structure on that when you get a chance. Oh, a billion here and a billion there. You know, you know. Before long, we're maybe, talking real money. Maybe we'll get the <laughs> maybe we'll get the guys doing the Jags overhaul to uh, to take on Daytona next. How about that? Well, you figure if a football stadium needs a $1.2 billion renovation, something like that, eh, what do you need, $40, 50000000000 billion? Seems, it seems like quid pro quo? And if, if they're going to revamp the speedway with a roof while they're doing that, they could run the 500 and the 400 at the, in Jacksonville at the, at the stadium. Yeah, it seems like a fair trade. How many laps would it take around a football field to get 500 miles? Let's do some math. Yeah, the Daytona 5,000. <laughs> It would be 2,000, right? It's a quarter-mile track around a football field. See it every week, right? Oh, my God. That was easier than I thought. Good, yeah. good job. Well, that's why I'm here. <laughs> there you go. The only one of us that can do math. Ryan Pritt. Ryan. <laughs> All right. So, when, Ryan, when you look at the slate of 10 playoff races that will ensue after Daytona, is there a venue or a race that sticks out to you that you personally like the most? Uh, there are some great tracks in the playoffs. I love Darlington. Uh, I love Homestead. And in fact, I would love to make the case that that should still be the championship host instead of Phoenix, but that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, really you look at the slate of 10 races and the two that stick out are right in the same, the same, uh, stage of the playoffs. And that's, you know, Daytona is not in the playoffs, but Talladega sure is. And not only is Talladega in there, you get the Roval, which is a crazy road course, and they're both in the same, I think it's the round of 12 there. So, you know, we mentioned Michael McDowell earlier, not to go too far off the rails here, but he was talking about the playoffs and talking about, you know, they're obviously an underfunded team and a bit of an underdog here, but if he can survive the first round, which, you know, 12 out of 16 advance, which you, you would think is doable, the second round sets up really well for him because while while they are underfunded, he's you could make a pretty good argument. He's one of the five best super speedway drivers and one of the five best road course drivers in the in the series. So that second round of the playoffs is always chaotic because of those two races, and and there's no doubt it will be again this year. All right, and Ken, uh, how about you? Is there anything you'd like to add about the impending playoff races or anything else uh, going on with the Daytona race? Uh, no, the Daytona race is going to be, you know, it's going to be wild. You, you would think, uh, I just hope it gets down to the final laps and you've got a few guys who are uh, not otherwise in the playoffs who have a shot. So then it's going to be time to, it's going to be time to buckle up. And that's, that's for the people watching, not like you, you can imagine the people on the track. I, I, when I'm looking at the playoff schedule, I mean, yeah, I'm looking I like the I like the mix in that second group of races because you got a really fast oval at Texas, and of course you got the plate race at Talladega where anything can happen, followed by the road course race. So I like that second group of races. I like that second group of tracks. Although you got Darlington and Bristol in the first round of the playoffs, so that's not bad either. So I think they got a pretty good mix in there. 
Yeah, and one follow-up, Ken. Is there, because you have been covering this race for a long time, is there a race that you can remember that really sticks out to you or a winner or something that happened, just like one of those great Daytona moments? Well, I mean, since it went to nighttime, I guess we should break it up. You know, if you go back to the earlier years, I mean, when I was a kid watching David Pearson win it like four out of five years and three three straight years, and the one year he kind of snookered Richard Petty, and he was one of the few guys that ever pissed off Richard Petty enough that Petty went stormed into the winner's interview and confronted them. Uh, that was a great one from my childhood. And then later, Bobby Allison winning in 82 was fun, and, of course, Petty's 200th win in 84. But since they went to nighttime, I mean – the obvious one is uh, when Dale Jr. won here in 01, uh, you know, five months after his father was killed in the 500. That that's the one that obviously stands out more than more than the others. Obviously. All right. Very good. Well, you know, Ryan, before we get to trivia here, there's one person that w- whenever she gets written about, and I did say she. Uh, you know, we get a lot of there's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of people interested in it, and that's Haley Deegan. So I know you recently wrote about Haley. And, you know, it's been a while since a woman drove on the main circuit. So could fans see Deegan, uh, you know, maybe making a cup uh, ride in 2024 or, you know, fill us in on what you know there. I would highly doubt that she she gets to the cup series next year. I, I think for her, the, the goal would be the Xfinity series. Um, the trucks have not been necessarily kind to her over the last three years. And, um, you know, there there's there's something to be said for that. But. You know, as I wrote, you know, people make a big deal out of that, but our last six Cup Series champions dating back over the last eight years, none of them ever even ran a full-time season in the Truck Series, much less three. So I think sometimes when it comes to her, yes, she gets obviously gets a lot of attention, but I also think she gets a lot of criticism too, probably comes with the territory. But I, I I personally think it's time to see what she does at the next level. Obviously, the Xfinity cars are a little closer to the to the Cup cars than the trucks are. Although that that uh, those two cars have obviously uh, distanced themselves quite a bit with this next gen ride. But um, the Cup series probably not. But I think if she's in the Xfinity series next season, I think it's a victory for her. All right, and of course we did want to send our condolences out to Tony Stewart's race team as they lost a young lady in what looks like an apparent road rage incident. And that's Ashley Albertson. So uh, I just wanted to to put that out there that, uh, you know, we're, we're all thinking about her. And just what an awful thing to read about yesterday was this, this you know, apparent road rage incident where uh, it seems as though she was the only one that passed and she was a passenger in the car. So, uh, so, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to her family. So I know it's awkward to transition over to something fun from that, but let's transition to trivia now because this is always... One of the uh, one of the most spirited things that we have here. Whenever I have you guys on, and I've got five questions for each of you. Spirited, rigged, whatever. Yeah, whatever words you want to use for it. Uh, they start out easy, and then they get a little bit tougher. So, uh, Ken, I am going to start with you, and then Ryan, and then again, you guys are tied one-one so far this year. So huge stakes riding on this. I believe the winner has to take the other person out for dinner. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> I just made that up, by the way. Yeah, it'll come in the media room at Daytona on Saturday. That's where we're going. So. <laughs> I'll even buy him seconds. Yeah, there you go. And dessert. Right. <laughs> well, here we go. Question number one. Ken, 
Who has won this race the most since its inception in 1959? Uh, I thought you were going to ask me the capital of uh, Bolivia, but no. Um, David Pearson and, and Bogota, by the way. All righty. <laughs> that, that is correct. You are one for one. David Pearson won the race five times more than anybody else. All right, Ryan, here we go. You're up. Who was the first winner of this race in 1959 when it was known as the Firecracker 250? By the way, Ken, the resident geography expert, I've got math. See, we've got you all covered in this in this department. Jeez, um, you know, as someone who put together a quiz, you think I would I would know I would be more on top of this. I'm not real sure, but I'm going to guess it was Fireball Roberts. That is correct. So you are. You're each one for one as we head into the second question for each of you. Good job. And they're going to start getting tougher now because it's like Jeopardy. I'm not going to leave it easy for you. <laughs> Bring it. All right. So here we go. Question number two. Ken, who is tied with Tony Stewart for second most wins in this race with four? Kale mm. <laughs> Yarbrough? That is correct. I've always got to get my Kale Yarborough question in there for you. See, it's rigged in a good way for you this time, though. I was going to say, if you missed that one, he hasn't been paying attention the last couple podcasts we've been on. <laughs> well, and we're, we're glad that Kale is, is still doing well, because when we talked around the time of Daytona, it seemed as though he was in poor health, so hopefully his health is doing better now. Ryan, what's the capital of Djibouti? No, oh, I'm kidding. Come I'm on, kidding. man. <laughs> I just said he was ge geography. You could at least ask me a division problem or something. <laughs> oh. All righty. Your second question is, what make of car won this race the first four years it was run from 59 to 62? Oh, for goodness sakes. So you keep I asking know. me, you keep asking me these questions from when Ken was alive. I mean, I, I don't, I don't remember all, you know, I was 30 years down the road. Um, jeez. <laughs> Let's go with a Plymouth. <laughs> oh, it's a good guess, but the answer is Pontiac. Uh, okay. All right, so Ken, you, you've now got the lead. It's as if you are in the lead in penalty kicks here. <laughs> All right, so Ken, which of the following did not win this race three times? Which did not win this race three times? Richard Petty, Bill Elliott, Bobby Allison, or Jeff Gordon? shockingly to some people it, that answer to that question is richard petty who won it twice nope the answer is bill elliott yep damn it oh well you just you just missed your penalty kick <laughs> god and i was gloating too about time my goalie stepped up there and did something i'll tell you uh, you know how much i you know how much i hate it when you guys talk hockey <laughs> <laughs> oh no let's see how much uh uh, Ryan was paying attention to this earlier because I didn't realize that I had the, I, I had forgotten I had this question down and I, I've already given you the answer, Ryan. So here's your chance to tie it. What year was the race suspended for wildfires causing a young Tim Walters to miss the race? Just see, I, should, I knew I should have been paying attention. Um, that would have been 1990. Oh, God. It's either six or eight. Uh, eight. That is correct. You've tied the game. <laughs> All right, Ken, it's time for uh, you to try and take the lead here. Five drivers have won the Daytona 500 
and Coke Zero Sugar 400 in the same year. Five drivers have won both Daytona races in the same year. Can you name two of the five? Fireball Roberts. Correct. Jimmy Johnson. Correct. Bobby Allen. And Allison. the other... Oh, correct. Kale. Correct. Uh, I'm going to say... Pearson should have done it, but didn't. I'll go Bill Elliott for the other one. Now you get it correct because you got two of the two of the five. Actually, you got four of the five. The other one is the other Yarbrough, Leroy. Wow! Oh goodness gracious, that's right. Yep, spelled differently, by the way. That is correct as well. All right, Ryan, your chance to tie it. Which car manufacturer has won this race a record twenty-one times? So I believe they're one ahead of second place Ford, and that would be Chevrolet. Nice. Very good. Things are still tied up. And you know what? I forgot to make a tiebreaker question. (laughs) So let's see what happens with these last two questions. Or I can come up with something on the fly. Yeah, just give me a multiplication problem. We'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ken. Which racing team has won this race a record nine times? Well, let's go with the uh, Trackhouse Wood Brothers. And that is correct. The Wood Brothers have won this race nine times. And second place is Hendrick Motorsports, which has seven. So, Ryan, you have to get this right if you want to tie it. And I now have myself a, uh, a, a tiebreaker question. So here we go. If you get it right, we go to a tiebreaker. Ryan, who won this race two years ago? <laughs> wow of all the underhanded dirty stuff to do two <laughs> years ago uh um my god i don't know the answer to that uh <laughs> two years ago it would have been let's see austin Dillon was last year and two years ago it was my god isn't that bad i think i know i don't think i do um <laughs> That's pretty bad. We'll just throw out a guess then and say it was, geez, Ryan Blaney. Holy cow. You either Googled it or that was the best guess ever. <laughs> I did not Google it. I really didn't. <laughs> All righty. Incredible. And you were also right. Austin Dillon won last year. So those are your last two winners, Austin Dillon and Ryan Blaney. All right, guys, here's the tiebreaker question. And I will give each of you a chance to answer it. What year was the city of Daytona Beach founded? Ken? I think I know this. Uh, I'll go 1876. That's that's because that's the correct answer. That's what I was ah. going to <laughs> All righty. Well, it looks like I'm going to have to come up with another tie-breaking question. Oh, you're going to take his word for it that he was going to say that. Here's the thing, Ken. I wouldn't have known that had I not covered a game at Daytona Stadium literally three or four days ago because it's 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 on the uh, scoreboard there. That's all I know. Why that. don't you Why don't you ask him who who the city was named after? <laughs> who? Okay, Ryan. Who is the city named wait, after? Wait, 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 wait. We can't take suggestions <laughs> for tiebreaker questions. Come on. All right. I think we're going to call this one a tie, and I'm going to have to do things better next time we meet. I'll take That's, it. Yeah, I will too. All right. Well, again, that that was uh that, that hey, that's some good knowledge. Each of you got four or five, and you actually know when the city of Daytona. Technically, it was incorporated in 1876. It was founded in 1870. But I will uh, I will take 1876 as the answer. 
Matthias Day, by the way. Ooh, very, very nice. All right. And and what can you tell us about Matthias there, Ken? He went by Maddie to his friends. And uh he was uh he was good at skipping stones across the intercoastal. That was uh, that was the big game back then. We used to have a blast. <laughs> back when you two hung out before elementary school? Well, middle school, actually. <laughs> Well, I right, can say guys, this, Tim. Look, I'm fairly confident if you come up with a game of West Virginia trivia, he's not going to tie me in it. So I feel like this was a win. <laughs> well, I'll see what I can come up with on that front next time. Then. There we go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, Ryan, before I let you guys go, you're always the conduit because Ken never seems to know what his Twitter ha- or X handle or whatever it is. So uh, where can we find you guys on X and uh, how can people ax you? <laughs> well, mine's fairly simple. It's just at rprint. That's my first initial and last name. Ken's I had to look up before we got on here. Um, his is hey, at heywillynj, which when I first got here, I thought that meant he was from New Jersey. Um, turns out turns out that was News Journal, which is uh, makes way more sense. But uh, that's where you can find us both. All right. And Ken, what type of coverage will you guys be providing this weekend heading into the race? I just realized it's now called an X handle. That's pretty funny. <laughs> like axe handle, axe handle, get it? Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have stuff. We're gonna be flooding our uh, website and all, I, by extension, all the I guess all the Gannett websites throughout Florida with stuff uh, pretty much daily, starting yesterday, I guess, and running through the weekend. So I don't. You'll find something on there just about every day, or you'll damn sure find something on there every day, and sometimes yeah. three and four things. So all kind, all kind of stuff leading up to the race, and uh, you know, trying to paint the playoff picture. And then, uh, you know, once once they get on the track Friday, we'll be doing live updates from Friday until whenever the race ends, which I pray to God is sometime late Saturday night at the latest. And if uh, if you people out there have enjoyed the trivia, they have a 15 question trivia challenge that's at news-journalonline.com. So you can play along with the fun. It's multiple choice and see how you can do with their 15 questions. And which one of you guys came up with those? Uh I, I think I I took care of 12 of them, and Ken took care of three. I, I jumped on that before him and got to 12 and asked for his help, so he rounded us out there. But, I, you know, we most of them are pretty pretty basic questions, a couple of them you even asked. So, so yeah, it's fun. Definitely get on there and check it out. Well, so we'll have to see who is paying attention to when I was actually asking you guys questions because I can tell you I watch Jeopardy, but if you were to ask me one of those questions five minutes after the show is over – Probably wouldn't know the answer. (laughs) So, guys, I appreciate it. Again, you can find all their work at news-journalonline.com. Ken Willis, Ryan Pritt. Fellas, it's always a blast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right, and that's going to do it for this episode of the State of Florida Sports Podcast. I'm Tim Walters, and to quote my all-time favorite, Cale Yarborough, during a race, it's like I become a machine, and the machine becomes a man. I talk to my cars baby them, shout at them, praise them. Well, who doesn't, Kale? Thanks for listening, and join me again next time. <laughs>